you've got to give language to your feelings because what you're talking about, so many people can relate. It's a manifestation of blocked energy. Energetics are very, very important because you're not going to be physically well, no matter how much your mind tells you until you energetically and emotionally are moving that energy and energy's natural state is movement. Hi everyone. And welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where we're determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. And I get to meet so many amazing people on this podcast, but when it's a native Atlantan, that's someone who's actually seen me in practice, and we've been able to have some really great conversations even before the podcast, it's only that much more fun. I want you guys to meet Dr. Karen Louise. She's an award-winning author, a transformational life coach, and a generational rule breaker. I love that. Mm -hmm. She is actually an author, speaker, master life coach, soul guide, and course creator with a PhD in counseling and education. She blends together 20 years of practice and research with spiritual gifts as a medium and intuitive and a channel to guide people through mind-blowing transformations. She's obsessed with helping people release the programming of their past, remember who they are, and tap into the power and purpose that they're here to enjoy all throughout their lives. Welcome to the show, Dr. Louise. I'm so thrilled to see you again, and thank you for taking time out today to join me. Oh, I'm so excited to see what unfolds here. It's so neat because I was telling Dr. Taz before he came on that I'd seen her when my life bottomed out about nine years ago. And I can be a testament to the fact that it really helped. And she sat and listened and we sat and we ended up having this great connection. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to be with a fellow human that really understood things that were multi-layered and not just focusing in on <laughs> fixing some diagnosis, but you really sat and heard me and, and really, really helped. And uh, i I just am very honored to be sitting with you today. Oh my goodness. Well, I share that with you for sure. Just remind me of the year. When was yeah. that when you came it was through? Probably it was either 2014 or 2015, probably 20, wow. yeah, somewhere. So like wow. eight, nine years ago. Yeah. The reason I ask you that is because, you know, and you can probably relate to this as we continue to practice, right? Whether we're seeing clients or speaking or teaching or writing or whatever it is we're doing, we're always learning, you know, and we're always kind of growing. And now when I think back to 2014, 2015, almost 10 years ago, and think about where I am today, like my understanding, my knowledge of us and our human experience is so far from where I was even 10 years ago, even though I was already into this and into the space. And, and I'm like really obsessed. And that's why I was excited, you know, to have you on. I'm really obsessed and maybe even having trouble articulating a little bit, you know, this idea that we're multidimensional beings. And the more I sit with people in the exam room, right. And we're looking at labs and data and you've been to center spring and we do, you know, we do all that stuff and we're like piecing together plans you know, it's always, what are these other layers of the body doing? And sometimes there's not a physical, tangible explanation for things. And these concepts of like the energetic body, the ancestral body, like are becoming more and more important to me, the older I get and the more I stay in practice, because I'm understanding 
you know, that it's so easy and this is really long winded because we really want to hear you, not me, but you know, I'm understanding, you know, more and more that it's very easy to be judgmental of people and be like, well, well, why can't you get your diet together? And, you know, why can't you do that exercise plan? And, you know, I mean, just do it. You know, that was very me in my linear world in, in my younger years. And you start to understand how complex it is and that the majority of our decisions are emotionally and energetically driven not intellectually driven. And mm-hmm. that's really humbling for somebody like me that lives in information and data and research and lab work and all that other stuff. So super excited to have you on. How did you mm-hmm. even get into this work? Well, I love that you started it with that reflection because it is me too. Like we were just talking about, I, I just listened to her previous episode. It's a few episodes back. Um, and there was a, an astrologer on, and even, I mean, to your point, I was like, oh my God, now I want to learn that because like you're saying, like sometimes we try to fit people into these, not sometimes, always. We try to fit people into boxes, especially ones that have worked for us. And while that can help a lot of people, there are certain people that certain modalities are not going to be the best for them. And, you know, that's the beauty about continuing to grow because the more you meet with people and specifically meet with yourself, right? right. Like one thing that I'm teaching my kids is like, always ask questions and I'll get to, to your question too, but I just wanted to ping off of what you said. It's like, you know, in this world right now where we're very judgmental and things have become very polarized, you know, we tend to think it's our way or the highway. We're in the good group. They're in the bad group because of beliefs and all that. And I'm always like, you know, getting, when I got my doctorate, it's one of the things I call that my, I've had a spiritual awakening since, but when I was getting my doctorate, I had a very big mental awakening where I was like exposed to all these different cultures and identities and all of these parts of people that I otherwise would not have experienced. And I learned like the cultural background. And I love it. You just said mm-hmm. ancestral, the generational background, the, the, where you grew up and all the things are informing you all the time. And your astrological sign, I mean, you come as this mixed bag of your own unique properties. And and those things are so important to look at. And, and I think so much as women, like we get really frustrated when it seems to be working for somebody else, or they seem to have this on point and we can't get it on point. Well, that's because like, I'm always like, well, you have a trauma history and you have this generational thing happening and you, you have all these other pieces that in your hormones, like, right. All of it. And it's like, yeah. we are so hard on ourselves because we, I think, compare ourselves so much to people. And that comparison often brings us to points of shame, which is the lowest vibrational point of consciousness. And so mm. you ask how I got here. It's relative. Wait, to I'm going to stop you. I want to yeah. make well, sure everybody heard what you just split that one well, in. And that was like gold. So oh, yeah. shame. Shame is the lowest point uh, or low, would you say lowest vibration yes. of consciousness? Well, and it's why I'm doing the work I do because I, I will go there a lot. So Michael Dawkins did about 30 years of research. He wrote that book, Power Versus Force, and um, he was written many others, but they used, you know, a lot of some of the, the things that you guys use, measuring biofeedback measures and, and all these things the body was doing when it was experiencing certain emotions. And there's this beautiful scale. You can Google it. Just look up scale of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So the most contracted point of consciousness, which is an emotion that we can feel is shame. It's actually a 10 to a 20 on the vibrational scale. And to put it in reference, enlightenment's about a 500. And when you're in peace, joy, and love, you're like three, four, 500. And so when you dropped yourself to guilt, it goes guilt and then shame right under it, which are very close. You're Mm. contracted. So those are expanded emotions, love and joy and peace, which is where you want to be because that's your optimal health. But when you're sitting in shame, which is what we have been taught to do as women, we feel guilty like 80% of our day. We have thoughts of guilt, at least running through our minds. Mm -hmm. We compare ourselves, right? And so the emotion of comparison is, is shame. We're ashamed that we're not matching up to what we're seeing or 
what we have a goal of doing, we're not gentle enough on ourselves. And so we are literally walking around a large percentage of the day at the most contracted point of consciousness. Mm. And when you're at that point of shame, which by the way, is not innate to the human body. That's why it's so uncomfortable. You weren't born. Babies do not feel ashamed of, of anything. <laughs> they love their poop. They love their thighs. Yep. They love, they love to emote. Like it's <laughs> right. There's no shame. That was all taught by people that it was taught to them and it was taught to them. And so that segue for me, when I had my awakening after going through just a lot of living and a lot of my own personal struggles and then going back to school, when I found out this book dropped off the shelf about victim consciousness and mm -hmm. it had this information in it and I'd never heard it before. This was in 2014, by the way, when I, the year I met you. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. And I was like, this is a thing. And then I started realizing, oh my gosh, we are by choice. I am by choice. And I'm a smart girl mm -hmm. and consider myself pretty healthy, but I was walking around with this vibration, this aura, this emotional constitution of, of shame primarily all the time. And I felt like I was being victimized all the time. And I felt guilty all the time. And, you know, what I studied as I continued my path after getting my doctorate and learning more about the spiritual impact on wellness, I started looking at now I, I just literally learned the word this past year. Oh, it's energetics. Like I knew it was energy, mm -hmm. but now we know mm -hmm. the word energetics, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I started learning how much we do have outside of the mental and physical techniques and tools we can implement. Like we are the only ones that have authority over our emotional body. No one can mm -hmm. make you feel any way. You can have a trigger response that triggers an emotion, but we have 100% control over our emotional body. You're taught that you don't, but you do. Right. Right. And to me, that's one of the most empowering things, but it takes unlearning and then relearning. <laughs> what exactly does USDA certified organic mean when it comes to skincare? Well, here's what it means. The product is free of synthetic additives like pesticides, chemical fertilizers, and dyes, and it was not processed using industrial solvents, irradiation, or genetic engineering, what we always know as non-GMO. USDA certified organic anti-aging products are uncommon because it requires a lot of work and care to create. That's why I'm thrilled to tell you about Purity Woods. Purity Woods' mission is to provide people with the cleanest and the most effective healthy aging and longevity products available. All of their products are USDA certified organic, non-GMO, free of anything artificial, free of toxic preservatives and synthetic additives like pesticides, chemical fertilizers and dyes, parabens, and of course, is cruelty-free and never tested on animals. Turn back time on the appearance of your skin with Purity Woods Age-Defying Dream Cream. Purity Woods is currently offering 17% off site-wide, but we have an additional 10% discount for our listeners for a total savings of 27%. Go to puritywoods.com backslash Dr. Taz or enter Dr. Taz, that's D-R-T-A-Z at checkout for an additional 10% off your first order. Thepuritywoods.com and enter Dr. Taz for a total of 27% off your first order. How do you do that though? I mean, you know, I can give you a million different examples, but this hard wiring of our emotional responses and how we react to situations and how we react to things. I think 
you know, I had the gift. I came from a lot of dysfunction. I had the gift of being alone for a really long period of time, you know, just working and, and hunkering down and really spending time on myself throughout, you know, the journey of becoming a doctor. And I feel like, and I've seen it firsthand, actually, that if I had not had that alone time, and I look at like my sisters who didn't have that, they jumped right into relationships or whatever else. Like they didn't have the opportunity to rewire or reprogram a lot of what we grew up with. And even with all my alone time and all my work, I still catch myself, you know, kind of falling into some of what I witnessed growing up. So, you know, I think a lot of us understand, I think at least are starting to understand this idea that we're pre-programmed. There's a lot of wiring. We need to rewire. The brain is capable of rewiring, bring control of our emotional body, but like the actual implementation day in and day out. How does that happen for somebody, especially if these wounds are from childhood or if they're even deeper, if they're from forever ago? How does how does that change? Yes. Well, a lot of it gets passed down generationally. And it is the work that I do because I had to go through it and still go through it myself. So there is a process of, first of all, becoming conscious. So y'all have heard the word consciousness, right? So I'm talking about the scale of consciousness. The first piece is literally becoming conscious just means becoming aware, right? It can mean different things, but the first step is becoming aware of, it's very often a trauma response when we have those really deep emotions that's tied to like a loss in childhood. I wrote a book called The Fatherless Daughter Project. I realized a lot of research on father loss, even if the father didn't die, the father just like never really Mm -hmm. loved you and just, you know, was too busy at work. Checked out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh And, you know, the consciousness of being able first identifying that's why that scale of consciousness is real important. You can look at it and see, you know, every main emotions on it. There's about 20 emotions on it. And you're like, wow, like you'll realize, wow, like anger is actually half up the scale. Like when you're depressed, you're not angry, you're apathetic. And so, you know, that's the awareness of where your emotions are is the first step, like really being able to identify. So I stop my patients and, and I do it with myself too, when I am having a strong emotional reaction. And it's like, okay, let's just name, literally it's, elementary, but it is so important. Let's just, first of all, name, how are you really feeling right now? Cause that person said the thing to you and you're just spiraling. I'm angry. I'm, I'm really pissed. I'm feeling alone. I'm really scared. Fear is a big one. So the first step is being conscious. Cause you can't take the next step until you're really aware of what, not the thought, <laughs> but the feeling under it, really learning mm. about feelings. And then what I do is I take my patients, my clients through the process of thought switching. So there are a lot of things that we say to ourselves that are super negative, like the word should, like Mm -hmm. a really simple early thing that I do from the beginning working with clients is I replace the word should with the word want. And if you start practicing that in your life, like it's like, that's an immediate Like you can check in with your body energetically and see if that's a true statement because the word should invoke shame. So when we can switch that with the word want, you actually tune into your desires. Again, you become more, that's a really, really powerful, but simple initial thing that I'll do. And then what we start doing as we practice kind of speaking softer to ourselves, because what I try to do first is take off that extra layer of guilt because we have an emotion and then we feel bad that we have the emotion and then we've doubled Mm -hmm. our emotional traumatic response. Mm. So I first work on, okay, let's soften the way that you're talking to yourself. Let's soften. Like a lot of my clients will say, well, I know this is stupid, but I know I shouldn't feel this way, but, and I'm like, let's take that extra layer off. Like it's valid that you feel this way. Cause when you were young, your dad left you when you were five. And now every time you get worried about your husband, you spiral back to that initial trauma. So let's be aware that this is here. Let's normalize that you're having this feeling for a reason. 
But now that we know it, we can become conscious and start taking our power back and rewiring. So then what we work on is replacing the thoughts with new words. You can go through a lot of different things like questioning, is, is it true? Am I making assumptions? There are certain things that I'll walk clients through. And then what we do is we'll transpose it to where you can say, well, what is this teaching me? What is this? Mm-hmm. How is this here to help me grow? So what you're doing when you start having more inquiry instead of really being emotionally reactive, self-mastery is when you learn how to do kind of, I just threw a lot at you. I know everyone listening, but once you start implementing those steps of consciousness and you become more intentional about recognizing how you're feeling, recognizing how you're beating yourself up, being more gentle with yourself, you can become more of an observer. So, and that is part of self-mastery instead of being the reactor. And so it it is a practice. It is just a practice. And I get in my clients' heads and I'm like, all right, let's slow down. (laughs) Let's take ourselves through some of these steps. And you know, you know, Joe Dispenza is like doing so much. Yeah, love him. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, always yeah. like, uh-huh. you know, nerves that fire together, wire together. Yeah, so, uh-huh. what you're doing then is you're rewiring, and so then you'll start connecting those thoughts to compassion for yourself instead of judgment. Like, wow, like I want to run every time I get mad at my husband, and literally, like I have a client who literally makes a plan for her exit every time they get in a fight, and it's her trauma mm. response. And so mm-hmm. we slow her down. And I'm like, have compassion for your heart because that's your little seven-year-old girl inside you that whose dad left. Okay, so you replace judgment and fear with compassion. And then you can back up and say, okay, what's really going on here? And so we retrain and we rewire. And then your brain, like, it's like you have a freeway in your brain and it's been wired to go down the same dead-end road. <laughs> we all have certain fears that, we get wired to kind of go down and hit the dead end of that road. So if we can make more different inquiries of ourselves and more like side roads, you'll stop continuing to go down that dead end and people come to you and they come to me because they feel stuck. Mm. They feel stuck. They don't know what to do. And they're stuck because they keep going down that dead end road and they haven't learned the other pathways to form. But, you know, I think it does take getting support and having guidance and having someone accelerate that for you. That's why coaching and going and seeing specialists is really important. So with the work you do though, like the type of coaching that you're doing, you know, as I was reading your bio there, like a lot of the intuitive work, the channeling work, tell us a little bit about that. And then just a stupid question for all of us, where do we feel our feelings? Because I think a lot of us live up here in our heads. So where should we be looking for that emotional, that visceral response? Your feelings will be in your chest and your stomach. Your solar plexus, I know you know chakras, your solar plexus is, you know, right below your sternum. And so that is, you know, your second brain, you have brain cells there and it's also where your soul resides. And so that's where your intuitive center is. So when you're tuning into feelings, so fear and love, I think you're going to feel in your heart chakra, your heart center, fear is going to feel like an elephant just stepped on you. So the low states of consciousness are going to feel contracting and you'll feel it immediately. Your, your, your heart space and, and then your, your gut will twist. So whenever you feel your heart contract and your gut twist, that is your emotional body saying, whatever's happening here is not in alignment with what we know to be true about ourselves, which is that we're supposed to accept ourselves. We're supposed to live in hope and not fear. We're not supposed to judge ourselves because those kind of heart crushing feelings are usually fear or usually shame. A lot of times it's anger and you know it's not coming through the head. So really getting out of the cerebral monkey mind, which is where all those mm-hmm. dead ends yep. go. Yep. 
uh-huh. and tuning. And I heard you say this on one of your podcasts, and it's a very simple question. Where are you feeling that in your body? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you say that all the time, yeah. but I remember you saying that was one of the first questions that was presented mm-hmm. to you, which yeah. turned a switch on. Yeah, totally. So, we don't... Ch- I mean, I think uh, I know the episode you're probably referring to because, you know, I'm a doer and I can run through my day and do a million different things. And I've always been that way, but I wasn't, I was heart blocked. Like literally I can't, like you couldn't feel anything, you know, and I, it took energy workers and those type of people to help me realize that that was happening. And a lot of my decision-making was coming from a situation where I just like put layer on layer on layer and I couldn't feel anything. Like you would take a breath and it felt like it would get stuck right here, you know? And so it's a journey, right? And I'm in a much better place. Like now when I take a breath, I can feel it kind of go all the way down, but you know, that's been in the last five or six years. It's not been something, you know, that happened quickly, you know? So I think a lot of people don't realize that we're storing all this emotion everywhere and we always, exactly. We always think we need to like intellectualize it, right? We need to, we can power through. That's the word that's used over and over again. Like let's power through. We can, I'm going to make myself do X, Y, and Z, but sometimes, you you know, sometimes you just need to sit in your feelings, but I do want, I do want to make sure everybody understands how you're bringing this unique angle into this work. So talk to us about that. Well, what you're saying is very, very important. And you've got to give language to your feelings because what you're talking about, so many people can relate, especially women and men too. And it is, it's a manifestation of blocked energy. Mine, and it's funny, I'm coughing right now because mine was in my throat. Mm-hmm. I was never allowed to say how I felt like growing up or, and I've been actually married twice. I've been divorced twice. I was chronically sick, chronically sick in both of those relationships. And you know, to this day, it's not happening now. It's because I just came from a luncheon where I was talking too much. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the manifestation of that blocked energy has to be moved. So energetics are very, very important because you're not going to be physically well, no matter how much your mind tells you until you energetically and emotionally are moving that energy and energy's natural state is movement. It's not stuck. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. one of the big things I found in researching for the fatherless daughter project was that girls who have this loss as a child, we learn to stuff our feelings because we have to take care of ourselves. We have to grow up very quickly. We often are taking care of our mom and learning how to self-support and self-soothe. And that energy usually doesn't erupt again until we have another big loss later in life. And then we're like, it happened to me, like this volcanic explosion of emotions came up, which was seemed abnormal. But really what was happening was <laughs> all my stuff that was stuffed as childhood now was triggered and it came up because I'd never dealt with it. I'd never given, mm-hmm. I was never allowed mm-hmm. to talk about it. And so then it all came up and I repeated it twice until I realized what I was calling into my life from an energetic perspective. And so you ask about the the spiritual work. So I had um, a spiritual awakening, which led to my second divorce when I realized that all these things were going on in my own personal life. And I had a doctor at the time. It was very shame inducing for me to have gone through with it again. And I struggled for years and years inside a relationship that was really toxic to my body. Mm -hmm. And here I was out in the world being this expert. And I had come from my first divorce. uh, I was married to a professional baseball player here in Atlanta. A lot of people know me from that. I was married to Chipper Jones the the first time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh and, And so I had come out of this very public divorce. And then I remarried what I thought was going to be this perfect situation. And I got my doctorate and I had my three kids and we remember, you know, the country club. And then it ended up being even a more of a toxic situation just because mm-hmm. I found that I was, I had been really, really deceived and it destroyed me on many levels, Aww. but what it did for me. And that's when I came to you. Yes. Yeah. The, the gift it gave me though, was 
I have so much insight now and my gifts woke up during that time. So I ended up having some other really tragic events, specifically someone really close to me committed suicide that same year. And I and another person found her. And I had this extraordinarily supernatural explosion of like communication with the other side and this awareness that there were all these other dimensions that just blew my world apart. And um, we were talking earlier about a a medium who was here, Jamie Butler, Mm -hmm. who I ended up Mm -hmm. going and visiting. And she became my mentor and my segue into understanding more about the spiritual world because I was raised really conservative Christian. My mom was a pastor. I taught Sunday school. I like bringing all the Bible studies down at the Brave Stadium. And I was very like hardline Christian. Yeah. Yeah. All this stuff happened and I, and I couldn't deny it. And then I remembered when I was young, like I have a few incidences where I how could see angels and, and I would talk to trees. And like, I started remembering these gifts that I had just shut down. And so I chose to do a very rebellious thing. And that was kind of leave this paradigm of very mm-hmm. hardlined judgmental religion, which was inflicting a lot of shame yeah. in my body and making me sick. And not all religions are bad. I'm not saying that at all. For me in particular, the teaching that I had learned was causing me to stay in situations because I was so afraid of leaving, getting, i.e. getting divorced and all of that. And so Mm -hmm. it was manifesting as, I mean, I was literally sick with bronchitis. I lost my voice several times. I was getting so many GI issues when I came to you. It'd be interesting to compare my test now to when I- Yeah, now versus then, I know. It had manifested. And so I couldn't deny it anymore. And then- what happened was all these things I started discovering and now it's more mainstream. Now things have happened in the past decade that have like brought all this to like collective consciousness, right? Back then, like you did not say the word medium or channel out loud. Now I have it on my bio. So I learned that I could, and we all can, but I learned how to, through a lot of study and training, how to tap into another dimension of consciousness that I learned how to trust it. We all do it. Mm -hmm. Everyone Mm -hmm. goes into channel every day whenever you're in the flow whether you're cooking or singing or speaking in front of people, you you do channel divine sacred energy through you. Mm-hmm. And which is beautiful. That's why you feel so good. You're at a higher frequency and you you're in love. And that's fear can't exist when you're having those blissful moments of flow. But I started learning how to tap into it. And then I started learning that when I would be in session with clients, I started opening up. It's kind of an opening of like your third eye, your, your crown chakra. And I it's a practice for me, but I can do it pretty easily. I've just learned how to tune into, I'll get downloads. I get visual downloads and just a sense of knowing, which you probably do too. When you're, you know, when you're, mm-hmm. you just get a, a sense of knowing, you know, totally. yes, your research totally. informs yep. you, but like yes, something says to check yep. on, Oh, yep. you haven't mentioned your dad in this session or, Oh, right. So I just started trusting it. And the more I trusted it and the more I would just kind of mention things that were coming to me, the more I realized like, your intuition is freaking so powerful. Like, so the difference between me and someone that doesn't claim, you know, to have these abilities is just that I just trust it. And it started being confirmed time after time after time. And so I stopped hiding it. And I, I always ask clients, right? Not everyone, it doesn't jive for everybody. Sometimes I just won't tell them, you know, but if they're into it, I'm like, I can tell I'll get like a really download. Cool, yeah. yeah. You'll get it down. I'll get chills yeah. all over my body. I'll get popping in my ears when they start talking to me. I can feel a presence near me. Sometimes I'll see orbs behind my clients mm-hmm. when we're meeting on Zoom. So then I'll just say, and I'll just tune in and I can, I kind of go out of body a little bit. I'll just elevate myself to not totally, I don't mean totally out of my body, but like I'll right, right. tune into a higher frequency that feels a bit out of body. And I ask if they would like for me to tune in and I'll just start. And you know what? It's all love. 
And then I get to feel this beautiful love and then I'm better for it. And they've been confirmed that they've gotten confirmation that all your ancestors are amazing. You may be picked to be the one that's healing generational wounds. That's me. I have a lot of clients that are doing that. You're always supported. You're always cheered on. You always have great things coming. And so my goal is to help you line up with this higher frequency that's coming through you too. Not that you have to learn these skills, but it's just tuning into your own self-love, your own intuition. I mean, at the end of the day, Dr. Taz, it honestly, every time is about tuning into your own self-love and they come to me with all the problems. But at the end of the day, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel worthy enough. I'm scared. I feel alone. I don't feel confident. And I know how to excavate it because I did it in my own life. And now I've been doing it for 23 years, 10 years informed by the spiritual practice. And it is amazing once you find out and you get rid of all of the crap, it's practice, all yeah. of these layers of self-doubt and trauma. And we can start you know, pulling off and getting down to the fact that you are a powerful, sacred source of divine knowledge yourself. And you have so much power and you can trust yourself, like people's potential, like immediately up levels. And I, I just see miracles after miracles, after miracles happening. It's incredible. It is. It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. And that's what you're doing with your clients in yeah. practice over and over. And I have to share this quick story with you, but you know, my sister's been through a lot recently. I think she'd be okay with me sharing it. And, you know, we've all tried to be supportive as a family and she called me the other day and was hysterical. She had a night of call in the hospital. And usually on a night of call, like she gets called left and right, right? Like trauma here, go here, go there, all this other stuff. And she said, you know, she got her, you get a phone when you take the shift. So she gets her phone, goes to the call room, you know, checks in on a few people, lays down for a little bit and falls asleep. And she said that, you know, she was deep in sleep, didn't take any medications or anything like that. And she felt this woman sitting next to her, holding her hand. And, you know, our family's Indian and the woman was wearing a head covering and speaking in Urdu, which is like my mom and dad's native language and telling her, you know, I'm going to translate it, but you're going to be fine. It's all okay. We're all, I'm going to start crying. We're all here with you. It'll be okay. Please don't worry anymore. And please, you have to take care of yourself and calm yourself down. And she said she, she woke up and it was 7 a.m. She had gone the entire night without a single phone call, a single trauma, you know, and this woman like sitting next to her the whole entire night, you know? And so we realized it was our grandmother, you know? And so I can't even tell you right now, as you're telling that story. Yeah. I'm like, I I know I'm getting emotional. (laughs) I love that though. But yeah, you may, your listeners may be feeling this too. I had a waterfall of chill bumps up and down my back. And then I could feel grandmother energy, but I could also feel as you were saying that, from that Indian lineage, there's like, there's Indian goddess energy mixed in. Like they kind of, it's, we're all one, right? So they sometimes all, yeah, totally. they have that energy. Yeah. So that was also present for her. And, and, it, and it's also for you. And the message came through for you. Oh my gosh. So weird. And then that same night, so I'm listening to her story and I'm like, okay. And I believe it. Cause my grandmother came to me too, a long time ago, 20 years ago when I was also in kind of a weird place. But that same night, I realized three or four hours later, I got super cold at night. 
there was ice. It was like, there was on one side of my body, right? Like ice. And I'm like, did I lose the covers? And I'm looking like, I'm usually the one snatching it from Vic, right? (laughs) Not the other way around. I'm like, did I lose my covers? Like what just happened? And I was, it was one side of my body was freezing. And I remember waking up and being like, what, what is this? And I'm like, holy shit, was she checking on all of us? You know, so anyhow, it's just, yes. but that message, right. Which is what you're saying too, that we are loved. We are protected. We're protected in multiple dimensions. And we forget that when we're going through really hard times. And when we don't realize that I do also think as a physician, that's when we get sick. Like when this energy gets stuck in different parts of the body. So I love the work you're doing. I think Mm. it's so needed and it's so needed in the world because the body is multidimensional. And I'm so excited that we're kind of coming out of this like flat level of looking at everything. Well, I want to tell people based on your story, because I guarantee you, you've got listeners right now that have had similar things. Whenever most, almost every 100% of the time, 99.9% of the time, when that happens, you are having a visitation because when you're in sleep, your body's going to a much higher frequency. And for them to communicate with you, that's why meditation and being in nature and all that makes you more accessible to downloads, whether it's from the hawk that just landed on the tree next to you or the grammar that comes to you in a dream, because your frequency is higher. So if you've had someone come to you that's transitioned, it is always a visitation because they can access you at the frequency you're at mm-hmm. when you're in dream state. And so you, they can um, manipulate the temperature in the air a lot. They can ma- manipulate smells pretty easily. Your, mm-hmm. um, your electricity, have certain songs come on the radio. And again, your loved ones are never scaring you. It's never like a warning. That's negative energy. Mm-hmm. It's always about, hey, like just like you, if you went transitioned and there's some that you loved, like your granddaughters were here and you would, you would so want, I mean, if you ever hear people that have the, the NDEs, the near death experiences, and they talk yeah, about it, yeah, they, they yeah. all often will say how frustrating it is for them as they're going out of body that they can't, they so much want to tell their loved ones that they're okay. And they're trying, but the density of grief is so much that they can't get to them, but, um, them. Yeah, but it's yeah. a, I love it. And I love knowing we're supported. It makes me feel like it's really powerful. I'm like, I got yeah. badass spirits around me. And my grandmother yeah. is like ready to help me fight because she wasn't able oh, to when I she was here. It. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I could talk to you all day, but you know, if anyone who's listening or, or watching the show wants to connect with you, what's a good way for them to do so? Yeah. So it's actually Karin. It looks like Karen, I know, but it's Dr. Karin. Oh, I'm and, um, sorry. I messed that totally up. Fine. Everyone <laughs> does. Everyone does. I, it was, yeah. I should have told you, but it's totally fine. Everyone does. It looks like Karen. So when you see it, it's K-A-R-I-N. And so you have to spell the word doctor out, drkarin.com. And then I'm Dr. Karin on Facebook and on Instagram. So yeah, I would love, I'm, I just okay. opened up some one-on-one sessions. I started doing some of those just for a brief time, but I have programs and retreats and yeah. Anyone that this resonates with and you have questions, you can DM me and I'll be happy to, to answer them. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I appreciate it. I love this conversation. And for everybody else who's watching and listening out there, spread the word that you're protected and that illness and disease is really a manifestation of our own sometimes. So really trying to understand how you can love yourself the best is often the answer. All right. I'll see you guys next time right here at Superwoman Wellness. 